Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast. I am so grateful that you are tuning in today. Thank you for spending part of your day listening to my podcast. I am so grateful for you, whether you are listening while you are washing dishes or driving to work or driving the kids around, or maybe you've just got it on in the background while you are working away. I am so grateful that you chose to click play on this episode. In today's episode, I chat with a beautiful woman named Avery Forrest. It is such a beautiful conversation. I will preface this episode by saying that this conversation is definitely geared more towards our listeners who are people of faith, who are believers. The conversation definitely revolves a lot around the Christian faith as Avery shares about her story with her business and how she chooses to seek God first. It was such a beautiful conversation, but I thought I would let you know at the top of the episode that that's what the conversation will be revolving around. So Avery believes that everything you need to know about life and business starts with seeking God first. She's been married for 14 years to her pastor husband, and they love doing life and ministry together. She's a mom of two crazy boys, and she's a business owner. Avery owned a successful photography business for nine years when she felt called to close it down. She is now a business mentor to female Christian entrepreneurs who want to dive deep into their faith and gain fierce focus for their businesses. She is both really fun and really serious at the same time. And when she's not working, you'll probably find her at the beach with her boys. Avery and I chatted all about how she started her photography business, focusing on family photography before she decided to pivot to wedding photography. We talk about how she experienced so much growth and the kind of goals that she set for her business. And she shares some really beautiful advice for photographers in particular. I ask Avery all about her pivot. She is another one of the entrepreneurs who have had a 2020 COVID pivot. And she opens up about how faith has impacted her business and how she allows her faith to overflow into her business every day. It's a really beautiful conversation. I felt like we were just sitting down with a cup of tea and I was just listening to this beautiful lady's wisdom for like 45 minutes. It was so much fun. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. I know that you're going to find so many pieces of encouragement in this interview. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, welcome to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast. My name is Sarah Luthi and I love all things marketing, money, mindset, and helping creative entrepreneurs pursue their purpose. Nothing in life or business is perfect, but I believe in the power of taking imperfect action and showing up with grace, authenticity, and intentionality. So if you're ready to imperfectly pursue your biggest goals and build a life and business you love, there is a place for you here. Hey, Avery, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here with you and to just chat today. Yeah, me too. We've been following each other for a little while now, and it's just been such an encouragement to watch your journey over the last few months. And I know we have a lot in common from business to um, being pastors' wives and all of these different things. So it's really special to connect over social media. And I'm really excited to interview you today. Yes, I'm so pumped about this. I think uh, we've been talking about this for a bit. So I'm so glad we got to make it happen. Yes. 
Yeah, me too. Alrighty. Well, before we dive in, do you just want to briefly share some of your story, how you got started in the business world and what you're doing now? Yeah. So I think uh, really like a lot of people who, or a lot of women who jump into the entrepreneurial journey, um, some, of it, some of it has to do with wanting to um, stay at home with our kids. So that was kind of my story. I had always mm-hmm. wanted to start a business. Like I ran people's businesses for them. I was a manager at multiple different businesses and I loved um, just the excitement that these business owners had. I would ask all sorts of questions and I had my first son and I thought, why don't I just start a business of my own so I have the freedom? And then um, Mm -hmm. I still was a little too chicken to do it. So then when I had my (laughs) second son, I knew I was like, I can't take both my babies to work. Like that just doesn't work. Yeah. And um, so I just was like, all right, what what can I do to work from home? And my husband had bought me a camera for Christmas when we had our first son and just said, I just want good pictures of our you know son, our, of our kids. And yeah. I taught myself photography and I figured, well, that's an easy way to have a lot of freedom. Um, it seems like an easy at the time, I thought it seemed like an easy entry into entrepreneurship and just kind of wrote out a business plan and said, let's go for it. So my biggest reason behind it was freedom and um, wanting to be able to stay at home with my kids. Yeah, of course. So how many years ago was this? Um, This was close to 10 years ago um, that I started the journey. Um, Then I went full time into entrepreneurship um, about eight years ago. Yeah. Amazing. So what did that journey look like in terms of what you were shooting? I know you had a few changes along the way. Do you want to walk us through that? Yeah. So when I first started photography, I think in my head, I was like, oh, I want to do that whole baby thing. I don't know if you guys ever looked at the pictures of the baby photographer that would like hang them in a basket or make them look like they were part of like a beehive or something. Yeah. I just thought that was so (laughs) cool and so beautiful. So I thought, oh, I'm going to start there. Oh my goodness, it takes so much more than just having some props. And uh, babies to me just became super difficult. Um, sessions that I thought maybe would take an hour long were taking like five hours long. And so I kind of shifted a little to families and I was like, okay, I'll just stick with families and outdoor photography. And I knew those sessions could go to a certain time and place. And I was loving the family side of things. And my business at the time actually was called Capture Life Photography. And so I I wanted to capture all the memorable moments of your life. I did love looking at photo albums as a kid. So photography was kind of a a natural passion, I guess, for me. And, um, And so I was passionate about capturing people's family moments. So not just a family session, but I'll come to your birthday party. I'll, I, I did it kind of all. It was all on my website, all on my blog, and it was all capture life. Um, and I vowed I would never shoot weddings. I was like, no way. We can screw that up so bad. That's like, not I, for me. Right. It was not for me. Um, but as I just really started diving in, and really, honestly, the big piece of this is as I started seeking the Lord for my business, as I started asking him what he would have for me, some opportunities kind of started presenting themselves to weddings. Mm -hmm. And so this was actually very like short, like maybe 
when I say eight years ago, eight years ago is when I started the wedding photography business. So the the first couple years of business before I went full time into it was focusing on like the families and and it was still a side hustle. Um, and so when I knew I wanted to stay at home with my second child, I knew I had to do something that was going to bring in more money. So I started praying and just seeking God. And that's where I really felt the shift to weddings because weddings was one day of the week out of the house. (laughs) It it wasn't every day of the week and it allowed me to truly stay at home with the kids. And so I just started pursuing that. I started praying towards that and God just started opening doors. And my first, um, gig in the wedding industry was doing like small beach weddings. We live Mm -hmm. on a coastal town. And so I had the opportunity to shoot, um, like basically just the ceremony and then the bride and groom pictures afterwards. And I fell in love with weddings. I fell in love with the emotion. I realized, okay, it's not that hard to miss or to get the kiss. It's not that hard to get the kiss. <laughs> Cause that was always one of my fears was what if you miss the kiss? Yeah. It's like the most important part, right? That's the big moment. Yeah. 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 So I realized, okay, I can do this. I can handle this. People like my pictures. And so one of the first things I did as I was just praying and seeking God was I decided, okay, this is how much money I need to bring in to Mm. quit my other job. Like my, at that time, it was basically a part-time job. I was managing a business for someone. And um, I just said, all right, Lord, here's the goal. Like, here's what I need to do. Cause I'm not always for somebody quitting something if they can't financially like replace that income if they need it. Yeah. And um, I just surrendered that to the Lord and I went for it. And I think one of the biggest things I did though, was I invested in my business by going to a wedding workshop specifically for wedding photography and, and had that coach tell me, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do to your website. Here's how you speak to brides. Here's how you attract that ideal client. And I just committed to it. And Mm. very quickly I hit my goal And then actually doubled my goal in the first several months of what I needed to bring in. So I attribute that partly to God, you know, surrendering to God, but also to taking um, focused steps towards making sure I was intentional about what I wanted to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important for people to be really clear on on their goals, of course, but kind of the stages of their goals, like as you say, like what do you actually need to bring in in order to quit your job? And then like beyond that, like what is then your your income goal beyond that? So I love that you had goals based on, on based on that and you kind of knew what you needed to bring in in order to leave your other job and go full time. And yeah, that's really important. So that's great. Yeah. And, and even with this workshop that I went to, uh, I mean, she just had so much wisdom to give. Like at one point in time, she said, you need to take everything off your website. That's not weddings. And it was hard to let go of that, you know, because those were, well, but what if, what if the families like want to book me still, or what if no brides want to book me? And I, you know, push away all the family clients that I potentially had. I don't don't have any backup. Yeah. 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 And it was scary to do, but I trusted her because she had been in my shoes before she had Mm -hmm. shifted from family photography to weddings. And so I had that encouragement as well, but 
Um, I, so I always suggest people finding that mentor, finding a coach that has been in your shoes before that can really push yeah. you towards um, your goals for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I found it just circling back a, a few minutes ago when you said that you found family photography was quite demanding on your family and that weddings was going to be easier because it's just one day of the week. I find that really interesting and true, but often a lot of wedding pros, like that's actually kind of how they burn out because they're just sick of working weekends and never seeing their kids. So it's kind of interesting that for you, it was the opposite experience. But yeah, like, do you have any thoughts around that? Well, it's really funny. So you kind of know that um, in 2019, I actually shut my wedding photography business down. Yeah, and, yeah. But it, it, it flip flops. So again, I just always put my business before the Lord. And during the season when my kids were little and I stayed at home with them, for me, Saturday, I looked forward to Saturday so much because it was like mm-hmm. adult time. <laughs> I got yeah. to leave my kids either with my husband or they went to the grandparents' house. And I'm like, I'm around people who can talk to me and who don't question everything I say. And not only that, as the photographer, you you kind of lead a lot of the wedding day and I'm kind of a natural leader anyways. So for yeah. me, the weekends fueled me because... That just, again, I had been at home all week long with my kiddos. And so I loved the weekends. Well, 2019, my youngest went to kindergarten. And so that mm-hmm. fall, I realized, okay, all week long, I'm I'm at home by myself. And then on Saturdays, I miss my kids because they've been gone all week. And now I'm at a wedding all day long. And then for us, we're pastors. And so Sunday, we're at church all day. So we were finding we didn't have family time anymore. And so we did. We just said, okay, Lord, what's next? Because photography served our family during that season, during the past, you know, six years, basically. Um, But what's next? Because it's not going to serve our family and our lifestyle um, as we move forward. And again, why Mm -hmm. did I become an entrepreneur to begin with? to serve my lifestyle, right? The lifestyle I wanted, I wanted to stay at home with my kids. So I do think people experience burnout when their business is not serving their lifestyle anymore. Because again, most of us start a business to give us a certain lifestyle of freedom or something like that. And so I do think you experience burnout um, when it's not necessarily serving you anymore. Mm. Yeah, I'm really glad we touched on that because, um, yeah, as I said, a lot of people really struggle in the wedding industry when their business has grown to a certain point like they're probably working every single weekend and it can get really really tiring and I think what you said is really interesting and it's such a reminder that like there there are sometimes seasons in business as well and there are seasons where obviously that suited your lifestyle and it suited your family but then as your kids grew up and things kind of shifted like that no longer served you so I'm glad that you kind of spoke into that. Um, Okay, well, before we kind of get too deep into the strategy and a bit more of your story, I would just love to know, um, or if you could maybe share the recent pivot that you have had. So you you built such an incredible photography business, and I really want to dive into that soon. But do you just want to also share more of the recent recent season for you as well? What does business look like for you now? Yeah, so again, I loved photography and I loved the freedom that it gave. But as I start started to realize that it wasn't serving our family anymore, um, and I and I prayed about it and I really felt like the Lord said, "Okay, it's time to shut it down." And I'm telling you, that was scary. 
it was scary. Mm -hmm. It felt stupid. <laughs> like I was finally for the past couple of years making the money I wanted to make as far as working with my ideal client. I was at my ideal price range. I was working with all of the wedding vendors. I, you know, in the wedding, yeah. in the wedding world, you want to connect with those right vendors, you know, all those sort of things. So I was, I was delivering dream weddings, dream clients. I was, um, had been published in some magazines, all those sort of things. And so it was like, whoa, I, I've arrived in my business though. And now I need to shut that down. And so it was scary. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the weekend I decided that's what I was going to do, that I was not going to take any weddings for 2020, which in reality, it, it was probably obvious because it was during engagement season. It was right around Christmas. And the day that I made that decision, I think a few days later, I got so many inquiries <laughs> and I kept thinking, okay, God, can I just take, take a couple of them? Like maybe just take one or two. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I didn't know what I was going to do at the time. I didn't know what my pivot was going to be. And yeah. um, and I just kept feeling the Lord say, no, I just need you to be available. I just need you to, to be ready for what I have next for you. And so I naturally knew it was going to be something in the online space because I knew that was going to give us the freedom. So again, I, I think a lot about lifestyle. Like what is the lifestyle I want when it comes to my business? So I knew it was going to be something in the online space, but that was a big, scary new world for me. I love coaching and mentoring as pastors. I do that in a spiritual sense. And then also as a business owner, every single one of my second shooters, I grew them to open their own business. I love developing people. I love seeing people grow. So I knew naturally it was in the online space. It was going to be something along those two lines, you know? And so I just yeah. really started thinking about what it was I was going to do. And so um, I actually melded both of those. <laughs> so I yeah. started a mentorship where I help female entrepreneurs lead a God-led life and run a God-led business. So it's mm -hmm. especially for those women who, who want God to be the CEO. They want God to be like front and center of their business, but they don't necessarily only serve Christian clients. And so yeah. they don't want to wear a Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt all the time, <laughs> right? Um, they yeah. don't want to have to go around and shouting it from the rooftops, but they want to make an impact with their business. They want to leave a legacy. They want to um, live led by God in their life and business. They want to pray for their business, but maybe don't even know how. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was finding. And then as I launched this business, I actually found that so many of us feel so alone in our businesses. Most mm -hmm. entrepreneurs are like people persons, you know, and then they go start a business and they find themselves like alone at their house. And so really what I designed was this just community. It's a community mentorship where we just push each other to the Lord. We put you, push each other to focus in our businesses. And it's just been really amazing. So that's where my pivot went. Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm still kind of like freaking out every moment, like, oh my goodness, what, you know, do I have enough to offer all of these ladies? But it's just been really amazing. So, um, and, and 2020, I think made us all realize too, how valuable community is to, to our lives. Right. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. And I'd love to dive into that a little deeper later in the episode. Um, yeah, that sounds amazing. But I just want to maybe circle back to photography for a quick second and then maybe we can come back to your pivot, what you're doing now and what that looks like. But I kind of just wanted the listeners to know off the top what Avery is doing right now. <laughs> um, but would love to know, um, like with your photography business, you 
I mean, you built it very, very quickly and you, you achieved some really, really big goals that you had set for yourself. Um, did you want to share a little bit about what your goal setting looks like? I know you touched on this before, but do you want to walk us through that process? Like what kinds of goals that you were setting within your business and yeah, what that looked like? So obviously there were financial goals, you know, set yeah. like, okay, I need to make this much before I can like quit my job. Um, and uh, there was that. So that that piece is when I, like I said, invested in myself with the workshop. So I would say this first off, if you find yourself kind of in a place where you're stuck or you like don't know how to move forward, or you do want to transition maybe from families to weddings, or maybe you want to transition from weddings back to families because 2020, mm-hmm. right? Like it wrecked the <laughs> wedding industry. Or maybe you want to shift to branding photography. You know, I've seen a lot of different shifts happen. I would say, do not be afraid to invest in a coach or a mentor that can help you get there. So somebody who has done that before, uh, a photographer who has maybe uh, done that before. And I would, that was probably the most valuable investment I ever made into myself and my business was stepping out and looking for that. The second thing was, is I wasn't afraid to um, just start somewhere. And so I did go on Wedding Wire. And I know uh, some people like are opposed to this or that, but I knew I would get to my ideal client. I knew I had to work my way there, though. Um, You have to have proof of concept, right? You have to have a portfolio. You have to just get out there and do some weddings. So I put myself out there on Wedding Wire and also paid for that as well and found Again, we're in a tourist area, so we have a lot of people who come for destination weddings. And so I slowly started to grow that, or not slowly started to grow. I quickly started to grow that way while slowly building up my word of mouth and my local base. Um, Because I knew I did not want to only have destination brides because I didn't want to just do beach weddings. I wanted to do the, the really pretty backyard wedding. So Um, That would be another piece is have a vision, have a goal that you're going for, have, even if it's not necessarily an ideal client, which I do think you need to have that in your mind. I think you need to have an ideal, especially as a photographer, an ideal style of wedding that you just love to shoot. Because when you get to a certain price range and you get to a certain place, that is the type of wedding that you will kind of continue to shoot because most likely if they loved you, the bridesmaids are going to then hire you when they get engaged, right? Like every person who's having a wedding, (laughs) they, and you probably know that from doing wedding florals, like Mm -hmm. it's a very big referral business. Um, And so I I had a set goal of uh, wedding wire clients that I wanted to do. And then I had a set goal of, um, of local clients that I wanted as well as I grew my business. The last key piece that I would say help me grow my business was collaboration. So collaboration with other wedding vendors and also, believe it or not, collaboration with other wedding photographers that were in my price range. And basically coming up with a, a referral program. Like if I was booked, they they knew the two photographers that I connected with, that their names were the names that I was going to refer out if I was already booked for a date because you can only have one date, right? And then same for them. That was kind of the agreement was if they were booked, then the two names of the other girls were who they were going to send out. And when I did that, I mean, I was a year and a half into my business and I had 30 weddings booked for for the next however many months. And I never, when I set out, I don't know that I ever would have thought that was possible when I first started. I was like, I just need to make $10,000. And then a year and a half in my business, I'm, I'm killing 
every goal that I had set. Yeah. No, that's amazing. So I just want to talk about that referral thing that you just mentioned. So what did that look like? Like, was that a matter of, I mean, I don't know, was Instagram a big thing eight years ago? I don't know. But like, what did that look like? How did you connect with your, you know, like technically they're your competition? What did that process look like? Did you reach out on social media? Did you call them? How did you kind of build that connection to a point where you guys felt comfortable referring one another? Yeah. So, and I do actually, I, I'm glad you brought up Instagram because by the end of my business, the last three years of my business, that is where I was booking everyone was on Instagram yeah. through hashtags, yes. um, which uh-huh. I feel is probably very different today than even a few years ago because they just changed the algorithm so much. But um, yeah, so the photographer side of things, one of the girls actually, she was in my friend circle and um, I knew who she was and she had heard of me, but she mm-hmm. was very much kind of walled up because she did look at it as like competition. And I think yeah. I just kind of forced my way in. And honestly, the, <laughs> the, the first thing I did was I actually hired her to come take my family's pictures. So I invested mm-hmm. in her photography and I just said, Hey, I think your work is beautiful. And I would love for you to take our family's pictures and really just formed a friendship and just pushed my way in. Really. I was just kind of like, girl, let's do this together. Um, and funny, funny thing is, is she and I actually ended up opening an office together because we both needed an office space. (laughs) And, um, and I don't think she ever would have thought that. And then the other girl, um, just was kind of unnatural. She was already a friend and she was not as opposed to, um, the collaboration, it, it really does. You have to connect with people who don't look at it as a competition thing. And there are, there are a lot of people out there who do see it that way. Yeah. But I yeah. think once I just really painted the picture of what collaboration could look like for us, and then, and then I am pretty sure with the first girl that thought of it as competition, after I referred a couple people to her, without expectation of her referring anybody back, I think she saw like, oh, this referral came from Avery. Like she's serious about this. She's not just trying to like gain something here. Um, So I think you do have to have, you have to serve with the real heart of like your authentic goal. And my true authentic goal was for us to collaborate and grow together. Um, Mm -hmm. But not everybody has that same heart. And sometimes you just have to show them that it really does work to collaborate. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And some of my local floral connections have been from either myself freelancing for them and actually helping them with a big event or they've come in and helped me. Um, so I guess like it's somewhat similar in the sense that like you can serve one another, you can help one another and it kind of just helps to break down those walls a little bit and now like all the time we will refer one another if we aren't available on the wedding date. So yeah. I think that's a yeah, that was really good advice. Yeah. And I would say one other little piece too is you're always going to have people who contact you who can't afford you, right? Like, or they they think they can't, like you're out of their budget or something. And so I love having somebody that's coming up behind me that I know is starting to grow their business and I can refer that person and I can say, hey, yeah. you know, she actually might be fitter, better fit for your budget. Why don't you check her out? Now, I only did that though when I knew and was confident that that photographer was going to be able to provide them still an incredible experience. Um, And usually that ended up being my second shooter. And that's how I helped my second shooters grow um, their businesses. But I think that's a great thing you can do is help somebody else get like 
a foot up. And I believe in the, the concept of reaping and sowing. So anything that you sow into somebody else's business, I believe that you're going to reap back like full force. So, yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Okay. Well, how did you find that shift between family photography to weddings? I know we've mentioned this before, but we'd just love to know, like when you made the decision, I'm going to do weddings. How did you find that shift? Did you still take on some family shoots? What did that look like? Yeah. So I did still take on a few family shoots. Again, I've said it three times already, but we're in a tourist area. So people love to come to the beach and take family pictures when they're on vacation. So, um, it was hard. They, they, they will pay primary prices. So it is, it's hard or premium prices. And it's hard to turn down sometimes knowing that those inquiries were coming in. Um, but again, I found somebody that I could refer business to. So I love that. Hey, let me just send you over to this girl who loves doing family shoots and doesn't Mm -hmm. mind being out of the house, you know, five nights a week or whatever. Um, so I did have that, but what I did is I switched my website completely over to bride. So one of the things that that, um, workshop photographer told me, she said, a bride wants to come to your website and wants to believe that you are all about her. Right. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's so true. Like when you're a bride, you're not trying to be like selfish, but, (laughs) but you're planning your wedding. Right. So you're thinking about all the things that you want, that you want to see. And so that made a lot of sense to me. So I knew I did need to get rid of all the family portraits off my website. I needed to get rid of them off my blog, but I did have a teeny tiny little link up at the top that just said portrait sessions instead of family sessions. And if somebody came to my website and they saw that and they were looking for family photography, I feel like when they click portrait sessions, they understand that that's what they're going for. And um, and I think actually most people are kind of used to that now too, that most photographers who are wedding photographers will stu- still shoot family sometimes. And so if they go to your website, I think they kind of look for the portrait session piece of it. Um, but it was very few and far between. Uh, another thing that I did too, just to bring in extra money every once in a while was I would run mini sessions, like so fall mini yeah. sessions or Christmas card mini sessions. Those would always sell out super easy without without much um, advertisement. You just kind of put it out there on Facebook and fill up really fast. So if you still do want to shoot family, sometimes you can, um, but you, you kind of also have to remember why it is that you're transitioning. So unless you just really need the extra income, I don't know that there's any reason to put that extra um, work upon yourself. So, yeah, yeah, I, I have a lot of photographer friends, and um, yeah, similar to you, like they did decide to niche down to weddings, but occasionally open up many sessions, and they sell out so quickly because I think they don't often talk about it. And there are so many people who are either already married or aren't engaged yet, and they're like, "Well, I want you to shoot my family or like my my partner and I," but. Um, like usually they're only doing weddings. So yeah, I've found that a lot of my friends have booked out their mini sessions very, very quickly. And it's also, I guess, a little bit more affordable for a lot of clients too. Mm-hmm. Like you're giving them less time, but it's also at a much more comfortable price point for someone who's wanting to get some new fresh photos. So no, that's great. Yeah, would love to know a little bit more about your pivot. We've talked a lot about your photography business and how you've built that up. And I feel like there's already been like so much great advice that you've shared, but I don't know, like your pivot amazes me. Just that confidence from God for you to kind of just know I am not 
going to take any more winnings for 2020. Like that is a huge decision. And obviously like he gave you so much peace and assurance in that time that you just knew it was, it was right. But I don't know, like, can you speak into that at all? Like when you received those inquiries and you were questioning, oh, like maybe I should take on a couple um, or, you know, if you felt any pressure financially, how did you kind of combat some of those fears when, you know, when those things presented themselves? Yeah. So I think some of the things here is you, you kind of have to look back. And one, if, if you're a believer and you're like, oh gosh, I don't know that I confidently hear the Lord that way. Yeah. Um, I would say press in to seeking him. He is, he is speaking to you and he will speak to you. Uh, sometimes it comes though, your faith journey is, is just that it's a journey. It's not like it's just this all of a sudden, um, instantaneous, you audibly hear this voice from God all the time, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've heard some people who've had that experience, but my, my ability to hear God's voice comes from years of seeking him, making him priority, seeking mm -hmm. him in my decisions, all of my decisions. And that's, that's really what I try to help these business owners do. Like there's nothing that is too small for us to pray about. I lost my hard drive a few weeks ago and any business owner knows like how big of a deal your hard drive is. Yes. Right? And I prayed for it. Like I just said, God, I need to find this. And honestly, he answered that prayer. Like he led me to it, you know, and he, I mean, I looked for it for weeks. <laughs> and, and so I would say there's nothing too little to surrender to the Lord. And so when it comes to something like my business, that that's a big piece of my life. And so praying about that, asking God often, okay, God, am I on the right track? Am I, I'm, am I in the right place? Is, is my desire, is my heart's desire the right thing? Um, I, I think that it is something that we need to seek God in. Now, again, yeah. as I heard his voice, I'm, I'm a veteran <laughs> of following the Lord. You know, I'm 20 something years into my journey with the Lord. And so I know his voice. That does not negate, though, how freaked out I was yeah. or how nervous I was when those inquiries started to come in. And I just had to go back and go, look, I look back at my journey with the Lord, and I know that he has been faithful every single time I've obeyed him, every yeah. single time. So, so when I was doubting, okay, God, did I hear you right? I'm sh I mean, I'm shutting down my business. You know that, right? <laughs> did I hear you right? I just had to go, you know what? I do. I know his voice and I'm confident of his voice and I'm confident of what he said to me. And he said, and, and I say, I'm confident of what he said to me because I know that it wasn't working for our family anymore. So it, it's more of this peace thing than it necessarily was even yeah. this complete audible thing. Um, you know, cause I think in our heads, we can, we can kind of give God a voice in our heads, you know, right. Of like, yeah do this, Avery, you know, um, <laughs> it was just more like, Lord, I'm, I'm not at peace anymore. I don't get to see my family anymore. I don't get to see, uh, my kids because they're at school all day now. And we're, we're so busy on Sundays and our church was growing and all these sort of things. And so it was just, it's almost like he, he led me to this wise decision of it makes sense to shut this down, right? Like it doesn't yeah. serve you anymore. Um, I think the piece that I had to trust was, the part of the voice that I was hearing him say, I'll take care of you. Like, I'll lead you to the next thing, you know? And that's the piece that when it came to not taking any more inquiries that I had yeah. to go, 
No, because if I had just continued to take inquiries, when would the shutoff date have happened, right? Like you have to, if you know he's calling you to action, there's got to be an action point or a stop point or whatever. So I just had to trust and I had to know that he's been faithful um, in my past. He's always, he's always taken care of me. And uh, so that was the piece that had to calm the voices that were telling me, you're crazy, you might be stupid, or even my friends who were calling me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and because I had that, I had people going, why in the world would you do this? And not only that, you don't even know what you're going to do next, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just had to go, you know what, this is what I really believe the Lord has led me to do. And he has always been faithful. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's how I got through it, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. That was so beautiful. And I think sometimes like friends, family, people who know us, obviously like they have our best interest at heart and they can see from the outside. But Avery, like you don't have any backup. You don't have any income. What are you doing? You've built such a good thing. Are you sure? But I think when the Lord has spoken something so clearly and softly to you, but when you have such a peace about that decision, like no one else can really or really should be able to sway you in that. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. And sometimes those things aren't logical. But yeah, I loved what you said about sometimes it's not an audible moment, an audible message from God. Like sometimes it is just this overwhelming peace. Like, of course, there are like natural fears and natural questions. But I think I think when you make big decisions like that, your your heart's either going to have just this sense of like peace and calmness, knowing that like whatever happens, like this is the right thing. Like you feel that this is what God is telling you to do. Or if something is feeling like really restless inside of you, um, I think, yeah, I think that's kind of maybe a sign that maybe it's not quite the time, but sometimes it's hard to to discern what that is. Like, is this a natural fear is this like just me being like wise and using the wisdom god's given me or is this me ignoring um like the call that he's put on my life and sometimes it's not always easy to know but i love what you said about like those things to just have a sense of peace in that decision so i love it yeah and i think sometimes we we want god to give us all the details too right like mm-hmm. okay but god if i if i'm not going to do this what am i going to do then or you you've got to show me and I think about my boys sometimes, especially when they were little, I knew I was going to take them to like to the playground or down to the beach or something. And I would just say something to them like, Hey boys, get your stuff and let's, let's go. And I wouldn't give them the details because I knew the things that I had planned. And honestly, I just wanted to see them obey. Right. You know, it's not like I was toying with them, but it's like, Hey guys, if y'all just obey, if y'all just trust me, it's going to be an amazing day. And I think God is like that with us sometimes too. Like, Hey, I, you don't need all the details yet because if you had all the details, you you might get distracted or you might have too many questions or something like that. But just trust me and obey because I know this big picture. And now that I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, a year a year ago, I don't know that you could have showed me this picture and I would have believed it. Mm-hmm. And then now that I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm going, God, you were so right on because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here doing what I'm doing today and truly believing not only that I was created for this, but I know that if I hadn't have been on the journey that I have already been on, if I hadn't have walked the life that I've lived, I wouldn't have been prepared for this moment. So I can look back and go, okay, my last business, um, the other businesses that I have ran for other people, all of it has prepared me to now lead other people in business. 
All of the times that I have said yes to God in my life, in my, in my spiritual walk, in my spiritual journey, all the little things that I have prayed about has prepared me to help other women now for me to push them to pray for more things in their yeah. life and, and to say yes to God in the little things in their life and in their businesses. It's all prepared me for now, but you couldn't have shown me that big picture a year ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Like sometimes God does withhold those details from us and not because he's trying to like withhold from us, but because like he actually knows what's best and he knows that we don't need to know the answers and he's trying to teach us and mold us through that process. So I love it. Alrighty. Well, we're getting to the end of the episode, but before we dive into how people can find you, I know you've probably kind of already touched on this, but would love to know anyway. A question I always ask as part of the show is what what is the time in your business that you decided to take imperfect action and how did this pay off for you? Oh man, there's so many of these. (laughs) Like everything, (laughs) every decision pretty much. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Let's just try this. Okay. Let's do this. Um, One of the things that, uh, or one instance in particular that I can just think which is kind of, it makes me laugh when I think about it, was I had this bride who contacted me. And it was in that season where I I was working my way to this ideal bride, right? Mm -hmm. And she asked me a very specific question about um, lighting, about off-camera flash. And there was a picture that she wanted to take. I don't know if you guys have seen it with like, um, where the sparklers are, um, they look like they're twisting around like the bodies of the couple or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I, watched, yes, yes. and I had watched some videos of that before because I'm like, oh, that's just a really, really cool thing. And at this time, it was super popular. You know, weddings get on mm-hmm. certain trendy things. And so she specifically was like, I want this picture taken when I leave, right? Like my husband and I, we want this picture taken. So can you do that? Do you know how to do that? Well, I had never personally done it before, (laughs) but I wanted to book this bride. So I was like, oh, I can do that because I knew her wedding was like five months away. I knew by the time her wedding got there, I would confidently be able to do it, right? Because I knew I could figure out how to do it. I could watch a YouTube video and I could practice it. It's if, if her wedding had been the next day, I probably would have said, no, you need to, you know, go find somebody else. I'm not confident in that. Um, but yeah, so that was probably an imperfect decision, which was just like, yes, book me. I can totally do that. Like, I will make sure I know how to do that before. <laughs> before yeah. your wedding I love it. And, and was it a success? It was. It was a success. But not only that, I, I have so many, I got to practice so many times. So I have so many fun pictures. And the reason I even thought of that was literally on Sunday at church, um, one of the couples at our church, they're always kind of like my um, test subjects for any time I wanted to try a new pose or wanted to do a styled shoot or something. They were they were the people that I would call and say, hey, y'all want, y'all want me to take your pictures? And so I had tested on them and that picture popped up on her screensaver at church. She works in our office. And I was Aww. like, oh my God, I remember being so scared, but just saying yes to that bride. Like, yes, I will make sure I can take that by the time, by the time your wedding gets here. And, and I do, I think sometimes, you know, again, don't don't bite off more than you can chew in business. Don't yeah. you won't actually be able to accomplish, but do push yourself. Push mm-hmm. yourself to, to new limits. Push yourself to new places that you want to go. And, you know, just make sure you do your part to be able to deliver. Because it would have been yeah. one thing if I had said yes and then didn't train myself how to do that. 
Um, but it was another thing for me to say yes and then challenge myself to that place and make sure I could deliver. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. That's so good. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, before you share where people can find you, I just have a couple of rapid fire questions. I might just bring it down to two. Um, do you have a favorite podcast or business book that you are loving at the moment? Yeah. So, um, I love, I don't know if you've heard of the Jennifer Allwood show. She's one of my fave business people. She is just, she is so business. She's business, 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 but she has Jesus in there too, but super businessy. Yeah, so love it. Uh, very, very cool. Yeah. Podcast. Um, and then John Maxwell, he's just my jam. He's like my favorite. And one of my favorite yeah. books of his is called the 15 irrefutable laws of growth. And mm. it's a book you should read every year as a business owner, but you should actually apply it to your life. You will see major growth happen in your life and business with that book. I love it. And we'll link those in the show notes as well. If anyone has already forgotten what those are, (laughs) I love it. Okay. And is there a favorite business tool that you're loving that you think other people might find helpful? Oh gosh. Well, I just, um, recently transitioned to (laughs) using more electronic things. I have been a paper planner person my entire life and I will not give up my paper planner. It's still here, but I have transitioned over to using um, scheduling on my website, on my Squarespace website. And I know that that like everybody uses Calendly and all those sort of things. But for me, Mm -hmm. it was new and I actually am really finding that I love it. So even today, my little reminder popped up. There's a podcast recording with you and Sarah. And I'm like, thank you for the reminder. (laughs) (laughs) That's So. so good. Yeah, Squarespace is a really good, like just foundational, like easy to use website. They have a lot of like different tools, as you said, like yeah. the scheduler and they've got some e-commerce things. So really good kind of basic option if someone's in early stages and trying to work out what platform to start on or if they're wanting to DIY their website, it's yeah, a very easy platform to use. Yeah. So we'll link that in the show notes as well. Amazing. So where can people find you, Avery? How can people connect with you? Well, I am on Instagram and it's just Avery Forest underscore, which I know that'll be in the show notes. And uh, that's, that's where I really spend most of my time. I have a Facebook, but I'm not there. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he really uses Facebook these days. (laughs) But I have recently, uh, and Sarah and I were talking about this before we started recording, I have jumped on Clubhouse and I am in love with Clubhouse because I'm a big podcaster fan. Yeah, and so Clubhouse is basically like live podcast, and um, yeah. I have just been connecting with so many fun people. And anyways, yeah, so uh, you can also find me at Clubhouse and join some yeah. of the rooms. You can get on Clubhouse, so <laughs> yes, no, I love it. I love it. We'll definitely have to co-host a room at some point. I would yes. love that; it'd be great. Yes. But yeah, yes. we'll pop all of those details in the show notes so people can connect with you. And did you mention at the start? before we started recording about a freebie as well that people can go up and download? Yeah. So again, my heart and passion is that no matter where you're at in your business, I think you can start praying for your business like right now. Mm -hmm. So if you are not confident in praying for your business or how to even start praying for your business, I have a free five-day prayer challenge. And it's literally just five days of prayer prompts for your business. And I kind Mm -hmm. of walk you through five very easy um, ways to pray for your business and maybe five of the, what I consider foundational ways to pray for your business. 
And there's a scripture to read every single day that goes along with the prayer prompt. And then there's also a worship song to worship Mm -hmm. to. So you'll just get that in your inbox every single day. And um, I've just seen a lot of people really loving that tool. And so I just have that out there. And so, yeah, I'm sure Mm -hmm. Sarah will put that in the show notes as well. If you want to jump in on the five-day prayer challenge. That sounds so good. I want to go and join that. (laughs) I love that so much. What a good freebie. Well, Avery, it's been such a joy to interview you finally and hear a bit more about your story. And I feel like there are so many things that we could have spent hours unpacking, but I really think that people listening, particularly photographers and budding photographers would have got so much gold out of this conversation. Um, I love the different strategies that you shared and the encouragement and just your story and how the Lord has led you through so many different seasons. So it's been such a privilege to interview you. So thank you so much for your time and coming on the show. Well, thank you, Sarah. And actually, I didn't think about this, but because uh, you said a lot of photographers do listen, um, my friend Jenny and I have a photography group for Christian photographers called Refine. And there's actually about 6,000 photographers in there. So it's, it is a fun yeah. Facebook group. So I will send you that link too, if you want to yeah, put that on sure. there. Um, because it's a great little community just of a lot of like-minded photographers. And we talk about photography tips and tricks and all sorts yeah. of fun stuff. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, send the link through and we'll pop that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Oh, so much good stuff. Well, Avery, thank you so much for today. Yes, thank you. And this was a blast. And thank you for your audience just uh, letting me share my heart today. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss future episodes. And while you're at it, if you'd like to leave a five-star rating on iTunes, I would be so grateful. This lets me know what kind of content you're loving so that I can keep creating valuable content for you in the future. It also helps this podcast to find its way to the ears of other creatives just like you. You can check out the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned in this episode or head to my website www.saraluthi.com for more information and some cheeky freebies. Thanks again for being here, friend. I am so grateful for you and I'm cheering you on as you imperfectly pursue your purpose.